Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. I'm Daryl McMullen, and this is a show dedicated to understanding the human condition, the impact it has on us, how we respond to it, how we can exceed the expectations and limitations of this world, in essence, how we can level up and live lives that serve a higher purpose. show friends it is a rainy day here in southern california not what you're usually used to but for some reason i guess it's just that time of the year a late spring storm and it's literally hung around all week so we're expected to get rain every day this week which is a little dreary but at the same time it kind of just fits with the attitude and the the atmosphere that's going on Uh, in the community right now. So the whole COVID-19 thing obviously is, is our new normal, unfortunately. Uh, You know, we've been sheltering in place now for almost five weeks. Uh, Life has really changed for most of us uh, with things like sheltering in place, working remote, homeschooling, Uh, You know, news is almost exclusively about the coronavirus. You very rarely hear stories about other things. Uh, In in the state of California, we have uh, Governor Newsom and uh, the mayor of L.A., Garcetti, doing daily press conferences. It feels like every time you turn on the TV, one of them is is talking. Uh, We're getting used to standing in lines just to get into stores. Uh, you know, letting us in small groups at a time uh, so that we can social distance. Grocery and coffee runs, you know, only as needed, with that being our only objective. Uh, you know, people wearing masks and other forms of PPE. You see it everywhere you go. Um, getting dirty looks when you sneeze or cough or clear your throat. You know, people looking at you like, oh, don't get too close to me. You must have it. Um, you know, the whole hoarding thing, of course, with toilet papers, hand sanitizer, stuff like that. And then the whole excessive hand washing, um, you know, personal hygiene in order to, uh, to stay, to stay safe. Right. And that's, that's the life we're living in. So it isn't imagined. I mean, it's real. This is what we're living in and it's unprecedented times for sure. Um, But while we focus on life being so different and how frustrated we are for being locked in our houses, I mean, I've just been thinking a lot lately about those who are stuck in the middle of it all, right? So first responders, healthcare workers, medical workers, uh, facility care teams, bus drivers, uh, people who are still having to go to work, you know, in the food industry or in pharmacies. Uh, Imagine if that was you. Imagine if you had to go to work every day. Uh, knowing that the enemy, something that you can't even see, smell, or hear, is all around you, just trying to make you another statistic. And even if you're young and healthy, um, it's still dangerous, right? Because you could take it home to your family members, and some of them may not be as young as and as healthy as you. So for those helping us um, and helping others with the virus, the last thing you want to do is to be taken out of the game right? You don't want to be quarantined yourself and have to uh, be stuck in a room unable to help stop the spread of the the virus. 
And what about those who are supposed to get married right now, uh, give birth, seniors in high school, you know, wanting to experience all of the fun things that come with graduating. Um, churches had, I'm sure, amazing Easter services planned. Uh, sporting teams, you know, that worked so hard all season just to get shut down right before the playoffs. And yet, here we are, right, talking about the future in uncertain terms. When will it end? What will it be like when it ends? Will life go back to normal? Uh, will the economy rebound? Will all of the unemployed people find work quickly again? Uh, will school look different for our kids? Will social distancing become the norm? I mean, these are all questions that we have, uh, but we won't know the answers, obviously, until we get there. So uh, my prayer right now is that you're safe uh, wherever you're at and that you've been able to find a state of peace and contentment through it all. Uh, I'm praying for those who are out there having to keep the essentials going. Uh, just know we're behind you, supporting you, and thankful for the sacrifices you're making uh, in order to keep those things going during this difficult time. But that's where we're at, right? So, sorry to stop, start off on such a somber note, but it's definitely the elephant in the room right now. Um, but if anything, you know, what we're going through right now should really be considered a transcend human initiator, right? Uh, we talked about this last week in, in the list of the 10 transcend human initiators. Uh, number four was crisis. And obviously we would place a pandemic in the crisis category. Uh, number five was death or dealing with death, uh, which we're having to experience at an alarming rate right now. And then number 10 was, was all about the earth or the natural world. Um, which we can kind of see as, you know, groaning under the weight of the sin virus as it struggles to hold on to the beauty and perfection that it was originally created with. Um, but as it spirals downward, uh, unfortunately, byproducts like the coronavirus wind up coming out. Uh, and, and that's what we're, we're dealing with. So because of the times we're living in, um, really people are primed for the for the concept of transcend human, right? They're asking the right questions. They're looking in the right direction. And we really have a responsibility to be there for them and to offer them the hope that we have. And I think we'll leave it with that. All right. So I think there's a chance I could have made this the topic for the entire episode. Uh, there's so much to talk about with everything going on in the world today. Uh, but let's transition if possible, because I do have some lighter material that I wanted to get into. Uh, today's topic, uh, I've been researching what it takes to start a small business and maintain a small business for the past couple years. And it occurred to me that many of the steps that are involved uh, in setting up a, a business and maintaining a business actually mirror things that we could be doing in our own personal lives in order to grow, thrive, be successful, stuff like that. So that's how I got the title for uh, the episode today. Business strategy equals life strategy. So in this episode, we're going to talk about three things. Number one, a solid business strategy. Number two, a solid life strategy. And then followed it up with uh, plan today for a successful tomorrow. So let's jump in. Number one, a solid business strategy. Um, I, I had to first think through this whole business plan thing Um back in, I think it was 2018, uh, when I first decided I was going to do a little more uh, 
solid freelance work, uh, make it a bigger deal, you know, market it a bit and try to really grow that business. And so I started a company called Outsourced Strategy, outsourcedstrategy.com. Uh, and basically it's the, it's kind of the front facing, uh, website for the, for the freelance web stuff I do. So I did that in 2018. Then more recently for Transcend Human, obviously I kind of walked through the same steps of uh, what it looked like to start this concept and and flesh it out with with websites and social media and branding and all of that. Um, but in the process of researching, you know, best practices for starting a small business, uh, I came across hundreds of articles. I, in fact, it seems like everyone has an opinion about how to do it and how to do it correctly, right? And everybody thinks their approach is the best approach, right? Similar to Protestant Christianity. You know, there's numerous denominations, and every denomination claims to have the truth. However, their versions of the truth contradict each other. So, you know, based on math, somebody is lying. Okay, that's a little harsh. Uh, let's, let's say it this way. They can't all be right. And so it is with the articles I found. They, they really couldn't all be right because they all contradicted each other. Uh, so the only thing to do in situations like that is to just look at them all and then pull out the pieces that that work best for you or find an article which seems to have a good combination of of all the things that you've been reading about so i did find such an article uh it's called strategy development the six key strategies every company needs by bernard marr uh, and he really suggests that the, the following elements should be included in a solid business strategy. Now, I know it says six key strategies. Uh, and as we walk through these, you'll realize that there are 10. And that's because I added uh, I added four right up at, at the beginning just because I thought it would help round things out as we kind of talk through this whole thing. So again, the first four are mine. And then we'll get into the six that... Uh, Bernard Marr put forth as key strategies for businesses. So number one, branding. Uh, basically, your brand is way more than your logo, right? It's it's the touch points, it's the social interaction, it's the way people experience your product or service. Um, now, this doesn't mean that your logo is not important. In fact, uh, you want people to associate all of the good experiences that they've had with your business with your logo when they see it. So for example, uh, when I see the black and green Starbucks logo with the, the beautiful maiden with the long flowing hair and the very strange looking hands, uh, I can literally picture myself ordering a venti mocha and, and taking that first sip, right? And that's, that's the way branding should work. Uh, you know, companies have spent crazy amounts of money on logo design. Um, I, did, I found an article that kind of talked about some of those. Uh, you know, Pepsi spent over a million dollars redesigning their logo. Um, the oil company BP actually spent $211 million on their logo. Insane. Uh, though I think the best story that I've ever heard, you know, related to logo design is the Nike logo. Uh, where supposedly the guy spent $35 on the logo and and wasn't 100% sure that it would take off. But he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go with this. We'll see how it goes. 
Uh, and obviously now the Nike swoosh is, is one of the most recognized logos on the planet. So it just goes to show you can spend lots and lots and lots of money on a logo, um, or you can pick one that, that looks like it'll work and who knows what'll happen. So, but a logo typically says something about the business, right? Uh, either literally or subliminally. So, uh, you know, transcend human when I, when I did the logo for transcend human, um, I really put two elements into it. So you've got the, the H U, which kind of stands for human. And then you've got the chevrons on the left, which are pointing up, which are representative of the concept of transcending. So, you know, there's some, there's some thought behind it. There's some meaning behind it. Um, another great example, I think one of my all time favorites is the FedEx logo. Uh, so for those of you who are into branding at all, you know, that the FedEx logo has, uh, has a little arrow between the E and the X, uh, which is a little subliminal if you don't know it's there. Um, but once you know it's there, it just jumps off the, the page at you. So, you know, FedEx is all about getting packages from one place to the other quickly. So the arrow, you know, suggests movement and speed and all of that. So just a great example of, you know, putting that um, thought and that effort into what the logo really means and what it suggests. So at the end of the day, you know, people want something that stands for them, something that's easily recognizable. And if it can stand the test of time, then that's even better. So that's branding. Uh, number two, mission statement. So every good business has or should have a mission statement. It's a simple one word, one phrase, or one sentence mantra, if you will, that uh, basically states why they exist, right? So back to our Nike example, uh, you probably will have heard, you know, Nike's phrase is just do it. Uh, Tesla to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Um, I went to a church back in uh, Indiana and their mission statement was helping people take their next steps toward Christ together. Um, outsource strategy, uh, my, my freelance business, when outsourcing is your strategy. And then transcend human, um, how you can rise above the human condition. So the mission statement is one of those things that can almost be as recognizable as the logo, right? Uh, it should give people an immediate idea why you exist and what your purpose is. Uh, it's the point at the top of the pyramid, so to speak. You know, you've got the brand, the logo, then you've got the mission statement. And then really, you know, the vision piece, it's the, it's the vision piece that all other elements flow from. So for example, if a, if a CEO or president or founder, you know, got up and started talking about their company, you know, they should really start with the mission statement and then everything else they should, they say should flow out of that, right? There's, there's nothing that they say that should contradict what is in the mission statement. Next you have vision. So a good leader is constantly bringing you back to the vision, right? It's their job. That's what they, it's what they're there for. They aren't the doer, right? The organized person, the one who has a good understanding of, of what's possible and what isn't the, the leader is up casting vision over and over so that the team stays inspired and they know that they're headed in the same direction and they know what they're doing. 
when I was at the, the church in Indiana, uh, the, the senior pastor would always say, which way are your feet pointing? Just over and over and over again. You know, and it was a, it was a concept that he fleshed out in messages and over time, you know, those who had attended for a while just got to know that that was part of, um, you know, what the church believed in is which way are your feet pointing? And if they're pointing in that direction, then that's the direction you'll go in. Um, then there was another time when I believe they were working on like expanding the auditorium. And so, you know, he started saying, we're going to blow out that wall. And he said it over and over and over again and would point to this temporary wall that had been built on the right side of the auditorium. And, you know, when that wall came down, the, the auditorium would basically double in size. And so that was the vision for that time. And, and the fact that he hit it again and again and again, um, just helped to reinforce that not only with the staff, but with, uh, people attending the church and it, it just got them excited and it got them on board. So that's the vision. Uh, number four are the values. So, you know, the values are typically like a list of things. It can be a small list. It can be a longer list. Um, they can, they can be referred to as value statements, belief statements, what we value, what we believe, you know, how, how people refer to them, uh, changes, but they're all basically the same thing. And they answer the question, what are the hills we're willing to die on? So, you know, for a company, this might be a short list like excellence, homegrown, community-based, things like that. Um, you know, churches tend to create two lists, uh, one list for their values and then one for their actual, you know, beliefs or statements of faith. So, um, you know, value statements could be like love or we believe in peace or things like that. Pretty high level things, right? And then the statement of faith would be much more specific. We believe in God. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in salvation by faith, you know, whatever, whatever the, the case may be. Those are more on the list of uh, statements of faith. But regardless, these lists take you to the next level, right? It takes you from the vision statement down into the, the nitty gritty, uh, the more day-to-day -day stuff. Um, so if you look confused, you know, if you, if you told someone your mission statement and they looked a little confused, you should be able to walk them through the values and, and that should help clarify things for them. All right. Number five is customers. So every good company needs customers, obviously, somebody to buy your product or your service that you've been putting out there. Uh, simply put, if people aren't asking for your product or service, then you aren't going to be around for long. So the important thing here is to do the following. Uh, do some research ahead of time and find out what people are asking for and then fill that need. Or if you've never done this, uh, move your current product or service toward the thing that people are asking for. So this, you know, this might actually mean reinventing yourself or changing up your product or your service completely. Um, but that's okay. It's called being innovative. Number six, partnering. So now we're, we're getting into moving outward, right? The, the first five things we've talked about have more, or the, actually the first four have to do more with the, the organization itself and how you put yourself out there. 
and then number five, number six, you know, now we're starting to talk about interactivity, things that we do with the community or with people. So number six is partnering. Um, and a, a good business plan can only be as good as its partnerships. So here's some examples. Uh, a top restaurant needs vendors that can get them the best cuts of meat. Uh, Apple needs vendors that can get them the latest and greatest uh, glass for their next iPhone screen. Uh, an, an automobile company needs a tire vendor that can work with them to help develop the next level racing tire for a concept car. Um, things like that. But, uh, you know, very rarely will a company be a silo where they produce their products and services in a bubble with zero outside influence. So networking and forming partnerships are all, you know, mutually beneficial to both parties and helpful in, in developing your company to the next level, taking it to the next level. All right, number seven, operational improvements. So another important piece of the puzzle uh, is the ability to make small and incremental changes or sometimes large course corrections, I guess, along the way. Uh, the word operational suggests that, you know, they're the processes you have in place, right? The org chart, the systems, the processes, all of those little things that, that keep your business moving. Um, but these things can be tweaked and fine-tuned along the way, uh, you know, to help you take things to the next level. So maybe it's looking over the org chart and realizing that you're really, really bloated, right? Maybe you need to restructure your departments in order to, um, to help things work more efficiently. Uh, maybe it's throwing out three different software programs and uh, moving to one that can do all three at the same time more efficiently. So it's an ongoing process, but very necessary. Number eight, new product development or innovation. So this is huge for companies. Um, and the, the key concept here is don't rest on your laurels, right? Always be looking for the next big thing. Um, keep your finger on cutting edge technology. Um, you know, maybe this is adjusting a service, you know, you provide because the culture has shifted a bit. Uh, but the important thing here is not to coast, right? Don't just ride the coattails of your previous success. Always be innovating, always be reinventing yourself. Number nine, technology. So use what is out there, right? To make you better, leaner, faster, stronger. Uh, in, in the early days, you know, this looked like a, a caveman finding a sharp rock and, and realizing it helped him cut through animal hide better. Uh, for us today, this means harnessing the power of the microchip, using computers, AI, things like that uh, to create better products into refined processes. Uh, it's using the latest project management tool to stay organized. Uh, all those little things that we take for granted today uh, until we bump, bump up against a company that really hasn't done that. You know the type, right? The, they ask you to fill out a physical form and then, oh, and can you fill out another one? And, you know, each form asks for the same information and you're, you start getting frustrated and you realize that, man, this company just is not keeping up with technology, right? If, if you would just let me enter this into a computer, it would automatically pull my name, address, and contact information into every place it needs to be, right? But I digress. Uh, number 10, people and talent. So the ability to get the right people on the freeway and make sure that they're all going in the same direction. This is probably one of the biggest challenges that a business faces, right? Sure, you have a team of rock stars at the top, 
uh, mainly because they've been around for a while. They've probably proven themselves themselves, and, and you can trust them. Um, but below them is a sea of workers, right? Many of whom you've hired based on a resume, uh, some who have only been at the company for a few weeks. Uh, but you desperately need these people to be on the same page as you. You need them to be awesome at what they do, and yet also bought into the vision that you're casting for the company. When somebody is just a little bit off, uh, they have the potential to do some serious damage. You know, damage to your brand, uh, potentially damage uh, by infecting other employees with their slightly different view of, of how they feel your company should work. So that's people and talent. Uh, now let's move to number two, a solid life strategy. So that's those are the, the six, or with my four, <laughs> the 10 uh, kind of key strategies every company needs or every small business needs. Um, but let's walk through that same list, looking at it in a slightly different way, right? So instead of a business or a company strategy, uh, let's look at the same things and see if they can apply to our life strategy. So number one, branding and logo. Uh, you know, each of us develops a brand, right? Or what we would commonly refer to as a reputation. For some, it's a good reputation. For others, not so good. And for others, it's just somewhere in the middle. Um, but most of the time, we don't even know what our reputation is or how we're perceived by others. But the following things are true about the reputation. So different people will view us differently right? A reputation isn't a blanket thing. It's not always all good or always all bad. Uh, the concept you can't please all of the people all of the time is 100% true, right? Also, our reputation isn't something that we have control over. We can do little things that over time help to refine our reputation. But at the end of the day, it's not something we have control over. Right, We could live the perfect life and somebody would still view us in a negative light and probably talk badly about us behind our backs. Uh, but finally, and most importantly, a good reputation can be built over a long period of time. And it's important to understand that all it takes is one bad decision to destroy that reputation. I'll say that again. Most important, a good reputation takes a long time to build but only one bad decision to destroy. Number two, mission statement. While most of us walk around with a reputation, uh, we don't typically have a mission statement, right? If somebody asked you, uh, who are you and what do you stand for? Uh, you'd probably stop in your tracks, have that uh, deer in the headlight look, and then try to come up with something profound. Uh, but you don't really have something right at the tip of your tongue to tell somebody when they, if they were to ask you that question. Now I'm not suggesting you go away for a weekend and whiteboard out your mission statement so that you can rattle off some eight word sentence the next time somebody asks you that question. Um, but what if, what if we did sit down and ask ourselves questions like these once in a while? Questions like, who am I? What do I stand for? What's important to me? How do I want to live? Uh, what legacy do I want to leave behind when I'm gone? You know, by answering some of these questions, uh, we would probably start to see our mission statement come into focus, right? And just for kicks, why not try writing it out? Who knows? It might grow on you. Uh, maybe you could 
paint it on a piece of wood and hang it in your house somewhere. Um, so not 100% necessary, but might be a fun project. Number three, vision. So in the business setting, all right, we talked about vision being held and cast by the leadership, right? The CEO, the president, the founder. Uh, but in your personal life, um, it's a little different, but also very similar, right? If you're a Christian, you believe that God is the CEO, right? So he's the one casting the vision through the life of Jesus, the Bible, etc. And since we have freedom of choice, it's simply up to us to understand that vision and then choose whether or not to follow it. For the non-Christian, uh, ownership of the vision kind of falls squarely on your own shoulders, right? It's, it's up to you to create your own vision for your life and then to choose how strictly you want to adhere to it or not. Number four, values. So similar to the vision piece, as a, as a Christian, we find a list of values by understanding the nature of Jesus and reading the Bible. Of course, that doesn't mean every Christian in the world has the same set of values. Uh, it's amazing how many different versions you'll get, right? All originating from the same person and the same book, but yet so different. But just because there's different values that come out of Christianity, that doesn't mean that that should deter you from making a go of it, right? It's still up to you to figure out what those things are for you. And only then... Uh, well, you have a good understanding of the big rocks in your life, the hills that you're willing to die on. Number five, customers. So I know what you're thinking, right? How on earth will he spend this one? A customer is a pretty obvious business thing, right? Uh, I, as a person, don't have customers. Uh, but just say that a few times and let your mind wander, right? What would it look like in our personal lives if we had customers? So if, if we had people looking in our store windows, if we had people wanting to test out our brand, uh, if we had people interacting with the products and services that we offered, see where this is going? Everyone we come into contact with is a customer of sorts. Right? Every interaction we have, every acquaintance, every friend, um, everyone we come in contact with can be viewed as a customer. Now we're not selling them products or services, um, but we will have an impact on that person, right? Either for good or for ill. Our conversations, how we treat them, uh, what we see them, what we see in them, uh, whether we uplift them, whether we drag them down to our level. Um, as a Christian, it's pretty important to us, right? Technically calling ourselves Christians, uh, we're representing God to those around us. Yikes, that's a pretty high calling, uh, pretty easy for us to mess up from time to time as well. For the non-Christian, uh, it's similar, right? Only it's your reputation you're trying to keep from getting tarnished, not God's. And finally, for the Christian, uh, this is where the concept of serving comes in, right? So the Bible is pretty straightforward when it describes this. Uh, we are put on earth to be helpful. We are put on earth to put others before ourselves. Uh, you know, this is something that Jesus came and lived out in his lifetime and, and helped to show what it meant because we had gotten so twisted. Uh, and, and our view was that, you know, everything comes down to me, right? I, I'm my own person and it's survival of the fittest. And so what Jesus really did is he came down to show us that, no, that's not how you should live. You should put others before yourself. 
So this really fleshes out the concept of customers, right? Uh, it means that everyone we meet is a customer and the customer is always right, right? Number six, partnering. Uh, as an individual, we partner up in a variety of ways, right? We, we have family, not something we choose, but a partnership for life nonetheless. Uh, friends, we choose our friends based on usually affinity and mutual respect. Relationships, you know, when we start to learn what it takes to cultivate a new relationship that involves a more intimate version of love. Marriage, choosing that lifelong partner and, and fully embracing commitment. Children, um, you know, actually creating life and developing your own family partnerships. And then just others, acquaintances, affinity groups, uh, religious or spiritual groups, athletic groups, business partnerships, etc. I mean, these are all ways that we partner uh, with other people. Uh, and each of these comes with a unique set of rules or expectations, if you will, uh, that we need to figure out and adhere to in order to ensure that the partnership is healthy. <clears throat> But one common theme in all of these partnerships is the concept, the team outperforms the individual every time. Now, I wasn't able to find the original source for this quote, so I'll just attribute it to the person that I heard it from the most. Uh, so this is Mark Beeson, the senior pastor at Granger Community Church, uh, where I used to attend in Indiana. And he used to say this all the time, right? It was just part of the staff culture. Uh, it was uh, an unwritten rule, an unwritten cultural mantra, if you will. If you worked on staff there, you were part of a number of teams, right? You were the, on the all-staff team. You were a, a departmental team. Uh, and there were even smaller teams within departments. Um, but you were expected to work well with others and with the people on your team. You did not go out on your own and do crazy things without consulting your team. And you definitely didn't stand up and take credit for a success that came through the hard work of the team. So what this looked like is, um, you know, it meant that you went on trips as a team. You know, if there was a conference that the church wanted to attend, you know, they'd put together a team. Uh, you'd never send just one person to a conference and then expect them to report back. It was a cultural thing, uh, and it really worked well. Number seven, operational improvements. So similar to the business, you know, we talked about you as a person have systems and processes that help you function, right? So these things include habits, ways of thinking, behavioral patterns, defense mechanisms, uh, likes, dislikes, hobbies, stress relievers, etc. And when these things are good, uh, there's a chance that most of these are firing on all cylinders. However, as life typically goes, things aren't always good. And that's when we start looking at operational stuff uh, to see if there's anything we can do to shore up the boat so that it stays afloat. Need me to get more specific? Okay, so here's some things that we do to improve our operational functioning. Exercise more, or in my case, actually start. Um, adjust our eating habits to include more healthy items. Dial back our use of drugs. And I don't mean just the illegal type, there's alcohol, caffeine, nicotine, sugar, uh, you name it. Um, moderate our use of Netflix. Try to find a happy medium in our work-life balance. And the list goes on and on. 
you know, part of the human condition is change. As humans, we're constantly in a state of change. So it's just up to us whether these changes are for the better or for the worse. Okay, number eight, new product development. So the whole product development lingo um, is obviously more focused on the business world. So instead of focusing on products, let's just focus on innovation, right? So this is something that is really taking off in our culture, right? The idea of having or wanting to reinvent ourselves. Uh, it's common now for people to have multiple careers in their lifetimes. Uh, gone are the days when, you know, you took a job right out of school and then you stayed at that job um, until you eventually got your gold watch. Uh, one of the podcasts I listen to is uh, the Portfolio Life podcast with Jeff Goins. And uh, in fact, the name of the podcast actually describes his entire platform, right? So he talks about this living a portfolio life, which is really choosing not to become something and then staying that way throughout your entire career, right? It's deciding not to put all of your eggs in one basket, not becoming an expert in a highly specific, narrowly focused niche field. Uh, instead, it's choosing to innovate yourself, uh, to become a lifelong learner, acquiring new skills, new tools, um, and, and basically leveraging those things to do amazing things in a variety of different places. Uh, and then being okay with that, right? Being okay with change, uh, doing something for a while and then changing it up and doing something else. I'd really encourage you, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, to head on over and, and check out his podcast. All right, number nine is technology. So we can go two routes with this one, really. Uh, first, we can take it literally. So we live in a world where technology changes and advances at an alarming rate. Uh, and for the majority of us, you know, keeping up with it is mandatory, right? It's part of our job. It, it allows us to network and communicate. So there's always something new to learn. Uh, and there's bleeding edge technology that, you know, we're constantly learning about in advance um, in order to be ready for it when it comes. But less literally, uh, we could look at technology more as a tool. So in this scenario, you know, what are the tools that you have around you? Um, tools that we could leverage uh, to either grow or learn or help others. Uh, you know, being a lifelong learner plays a big role in this because it's it's only when we're open to learning new things that we truly see the tools that are out there waiting for us. Number 10, people and talent. So finally, what, what does it look like to have the right people and the right talent on your team? You know, we talked a little bit about this under partnerships, right? Uh, we all have relationships, connections, and networks of people in our lives. Uh, but let's let's focus on a specific group, okay? Uh, let's talk about your immediate friend group, your school group or your work group, depending on what uh, phase of life you're in. And I know this is, you know, different for each of you, but but think about that uh, core group that you hang out with. You know, I'm talking about the the group of people that you spend the most time with, the ones you listen to, uh, the people that you're willing to take feedback from, uh, people who will undoubtedly help shape your life. Uh, obviously, if, if these people are helping to shape your life, uh, it would be good for them to be on the same highway, headed in the same general direction. And the opposite is also true. You know, if, if you're hanging out with a group of people and they're headed the opposite way on the highway, you know, it, it might be time to rethink that friend group and decide, you know, are, are those people actually 
harming me in some way. So that's people and talent. Um, and let's finish up with plan today for a successful tomorrow. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that you can't just skate through life in reaction mode, right? And expect to get where you want to go someday. Uh, remember the phrase, which way are your feet pointing? This is huge. Pointing your feet suggests that you have thought about things, right? You're being proactive. You're deciding in advance what direction you want to be heading. Uh, it's all, it also suggests that you have thought about the destination a bit, right? You, you've thought about how you want your life to play out, the legacy you want to leave for your family and those who knew you. Uh, the, the 10 things we just walked through are things that can help you make those decisions ahead of time. Uh, set boundaries, put boundaries in place, choose in advance how you want your life to proceed. Sure, you're going to bump into things that um, that run you outside of your boundaries every now and then, right? You'll go past them sometimes, you'll break things. Uh, you know, failure isn't optional, it's inevitable. But learning from these mistakes is almost as important as having the good plan in place to begin with. We're stronger through it all, right? So let's land the plane. This week, ask yourself the following. Do I have a life plan? Is it even something I've thought about? Then walk through the 10 things we just talked about and ask yourself hard questions about each one. Questions like, do I have a set of values I live by? Am I actively involved in making operational improvements in my life? Am I innovating? Am I reinventing myself? And most importantly, who am I on the highway of life with? Are they people that are helping me get where I want to go? Or are they taking me down off ramps into shady parts of an unknown city? Uh, my prayer for you is that this inspires you to take your next step, whatever that is. Uh, if, if you've already forgotten the 10 things we, we walked through, don't worry. Uh, you can get them on the website and uh, I've, I've got them listed there for you. Uh, just go to transcendhuman.com forward slash podcast and look for episode nine. And I'll have all the notes and uh, links to outside articles, things like that uh, there for you. All right. Uh, next week is going to be a fun episode. I can't wait to get to that. Um, when I started Transcend Human, I was a little bit shaky on the entire thing. I mean, I really knew where I wanted to go, um, but I didn't really have all of the pieces in place for it. Right. And this, this is pretty typical. I think of somebody starting a, a brand new business or a small company. Um, you know, it's basically like building the plane while you're taking off. Right. You, you, you want to get things moving. You want to get in flight. Um, but there's still a few pieces you need to put on the plane. So with each passing week, we're, we're adding more of those pieces to the plane. And uh, as of this past week, you know, we officially have the following. We have a mission statement, a value statement, and a statement of beliefs. So, you know, these are definitely works in progress, right? They're not set in stone, but I just felt like it was really important to get those out there as soon as possible. So, you know, a visitor to the website should be able to read through these quickly and get a really good idea uh, what we're all about. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, you know, I want to walk through each of those with you and just help flesh them out a little bit more. Um, so that's on the agenda for next week. Um, thanks for joining us today. 
Uh, as always, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at info at transcendhuman.com. And until then, keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find ways to contact us and how to access social media channels. If you like the show, you can help us by doing the following. First, tell a few friends about the show. Uh, There's nothing better than word-of-mouth marketing. Second, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, This will make it easier to find the show and encourage others to check us out. Uh, Thanks again for subscribing, and we'll see you next time.